0: Welcome to the Starting With One podcast Success Leaves Clues series with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that is different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts.
1: Welcome back to the Starting With One Podcast, Success Leaves Clues Series. Today's episode is sponsored by Life & Legacy Advisory Group. We believe sound financial advice improves people's lives. We're also brought to you by Aria Benefits. We help visionary business leaders to grow their companies through attracting and retaining top talent. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, here with my co-host and business partner, the amazing Al McDonald. Al, how's your day going?
2: Well, of course it's going great because it's Podcast Friday and that's always a fun day. Getting to talk to uh, some really interesting people and looking forward again to as always, our guests coming up. So I think this should be a great episode and uh, yeah, I'm excited. Listen, I'm a big
1: fan of Fridays uh, in general, but uh, podcast Friday <laughs> is is, is one of my favorites and uh, I'm really excited about uh, today's guest as well. A couple of months ago now, I guess uh, we had Kareem and Ali on the show from Men now and just developed a really good relationship with them and, and had a lot of good feedback about the podcast. And this is one of the things that I love about the show is we meet a lot of cool people. Really interesting stories. And then because they know other interesting people, we get introduced to those people. And today I'm happy to have Dave Morantz, who's the chief revenue officer at MedNow, I really do thank the the founders of Men Now for the intro because you know in life you go through and you meet some people and you think hey that's a really nice person and then you kind of move on and Dave in our first conversation we just hit it off from our first meeting I find uh, what they're doing over at Men Now really really interesting and and I think you know we're going to explore working on some projects together and I'm very thankful that uh, we have this platform where we get to meet cool people like you Dave so welcome to the show
0: great to be here thanks so much Robin thanks so much Al. And very excited that I got to be a part of your interesting people funnel through your your context that you shared around how you meet new folks through the podcast. So great to be here and looking forward to the chat today.
2: Can we steal that, Robin? Can we steal yes, the interesting I, people funnel? I
0: like I, that.
1: I like that. That is good. I, I think we might need to use that. no, so, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> It's
0: trademarked. It's, it's it's my statement. So we can talk about it after the podcast. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <Fair> enough. Enough. <laughs> be,
1: there will be negotiations after we're done here for sure. So Dave, let's start at the top because I want to get into your story. But obviously, you know, we met the founders of MedNow several months ago. And just to refresh everyone's memory, like where did this all come about? Where did MedNow start?
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And there's, there's quite a long backstory around Kareem and Ali, our co-founders, how they started to work together. And I can go into that and then how they eventually decided to start a virtual pharmacy based on their experiences and more the, the brick and mortar traditional world. But as you probably, or as your listeners probably heard, I guess you said six months ago, is that, is that the last time they were on the...
1: It's, you know what, time, time flies so quickly when we're recording the podcast, it's a couple of months <laughs> ago for sure,
0: yeah. Yeah, so either way it will be the exact same story, but, but Kareem and Ali uh, worked together at Care Pharmacy Group, so Ali spent the majority of his, his career building out Care Pharmacies, which is a roll-up of a community pharmacy based across Canada, I think they have close to 100 locations and he brought Kareem on as you know a strategic executive to not only help explore divestiture of part of that business but also to enhance just everything about their program and over the course of that probably two or three years of working together what they noticed was that in different markets especially the US virtual pharmacies had just exploded in growth specifically Organizations like Capsule, obviously Amazon made their acquisition of PillPack, which is now Amazon Pharmacy, and then Alto Pharmacy, which I think is out of the Midwest. Long story short, they noticed that not only were these much more of a, you know, economic benefit to their users, but there was also a care benefit in being virtual versus brick and mortar, which we can get into a little bit later. So they, knowing that Canada typically moves from an innovation perspective a little bit slower than the U.S., I would say. Anecdotally, there's like a five-year or so gap around these sorts of technologies and services. They felt the timing was right and were even more confident that the timing was right once the pandemic hit and folks really didn't want to be at a, a traditional brick-and-mortar pharmacy, getting their medication standing in line and not connected to their pharmacist from a digital standpoint. So they started MedNow, raised a, a bunch of money, and we've never looked back. So it's been a really exciting time and very eager to share uh, what we've done so far and some of the benefits to our users.
1: And we definitely want to get into that and find out more about MedNow and digital pharmacy ah. and what you're doing there. But I know you're a very, very interesting guy and I've found <laughs> out and recently about your. So I do want to dig into a little bit about your background and I, and I know Al is just itching on a question, but we <laughs> will circle back to digital pharmacy and specifically MedNow because again, very, very interesting what you guys are doing in the space. But part of this series, Success Leaves Clues, and I think, Dave, you are already proving to be a very big part of the success of that organization. So we want to dig a little bit into Dave's story here. So, Al, away you go.
2: Yeah, exactly. Let's hear a little bit about Dave. One of the things we quite often ask are the people that we have on the show. You know, looking back from what you've learned, is there anything that you wish you'd known when you started out that you, you now know, looking back?
0: Yeah, I think... As I look at some of the different roles I've had at various organizations and the organizations I've gotten to be a part of at more senior levels over time, I think, you know, in the moment, it's very easy to get, you know, frustrated or to maybe not be as excited about a particular opportunity on a day to day basis. I think one of the things that I remind myself of, especially looking retroactively at my career and some of the decisions I've made and the opportunities to pursue, is that trends are really directional. So there's obviously, Volatility in how a specific opportunity unfurls itself, or becomes more exciting or less exciting on a day-to-day basis. But for what I've chosen to do with my career, which is really focused on technology, uh, it's just this freight tra- train of change and impact to how we live every day. A good example would be the pandemic and what's changed for all of us, i.e., we're sitting on a Zoom call a country away from each other. Because I'm, for all you listeners, I'm I'm actually sitting in Naples, Florida right now, not in Canada, but we're able to do it. So I think for me, it's, it's really zooming out and looking at the bigger picture, understanding trends, where things are going versus getting too bogged down on you know, what the day-to-day is of any opportunity or, or any situation.
2: Great point. And you aren't aware, but you know we've already done a couple of podcasts today. And that theme of change came out in both of those. You know, And it's not just the pandemic, right? Uh, you're in the technology world. Obviously, technology is moving faster and faster all the time. And it is a challenge for people to keep up. So yeah, it's a great point that sometimes you do get lost in the details and, and you do forget about the big picture a little bit.
0: Yeah, completely. And I think just on that theme of change, it is really important as we all start to look at what the next few months or few weeks or of our lives look like as it relates to what's going on now with Omicron and everything else that, you know, you really have to remind yourself to kind of zoom out and, and just look at, you know, where is this going directionally and just put the volatility and maybe that day-to-day impact aside and, and just kind of power through.
1: Dave, I know quite a bit about your business background. You and I have shared those those conversations and and it's pretty impressive of the places that you've been. And I'll let you answer this question the way you want to because a lot of the times I do ask about the most satisfying moment in business, right? Right. But the people listening to this, they're in business, but they're also just real people. And I get to meet a lot of them, which is which is great. And I get to talk to a lot of the listeners after they reach out and ask about Dave, or they ask about this person, and they ask for contact information, and we always enter into a conversation. So I'll let you answer a satisfying or most satisfying time in business, or personally, because I'm happy to hear either, or both of you want to give it to us.
0: Ah, you, you added in the, the personal element. So that makes it a little more challenging. I'm going to focus on business just because I think it's more clear. There's so sure, many absolutely. important personal moments that, that I could share. But as it relates to business, I guess I'll, I'll take a step back and just share with the audience that at my heart or at my core, I'm in sales. I've always been in sales. I'm chief revenue officer today. We're obviously bringing on different folks who are a little bit more customer facing than me. But I, I always like to say I'll never be too far from the customer. I, I love to, to go to meetings with our customers. I love to understand how, in our case, it's impacting their employees or their groups. So I never want to stray too far from my roots in that sense. But I think the most satisfying moment was at an organization I previously worked with, which is a large or larger when I was there, health technology company based out of Toronto called League. Uh, Your viewers, just given the category that we all live and breathe, are probably familiar with League. But I was there for about four and a half years of my career, worked with a lot of great people, had a lot of great achievements, and the organization is still uh, ripping today, albeit in a bit of a different skew or context than when I was there. That being said, there was a moment that I would almost explain where, as we were sort of on the precipice of doing something great. So we had raised a lot of money. We had revenue, we had had good revenue, but but we didn't have what I'd call almost a big bang moment yet. We were working with groups of a specific size, organizations more in the the mid to corporate market versus large enterprise, but we were prospecting large enterprise organizations. And I was really leading that charge on behalf of League. And I was working on a specific deal with a large international, but Canada-based company that we'd all know of. We all buy their products. And we all, you know, walk by their stores very often. And it's not Chopper's Drug Mart, FYI, <laughs> to anyone listening, because obviously they're core partners. But you know, I've been working with this organization for probably a year and a half, trying to figure out a way to work together. There were successes and, and pains throughout that sales cycle where it was clear that we weren't necessarily super experienced working with an organization of that size yet the individual or my champion at the company who I was working with, their chief human resources officer. And I formed a great relationship. So there was this continued thread, which I really didn't want to let go of. And the reason... This was a satisfying moment for me as we eventually closed the deal after you know a year and a half or maybe 18-19 months in prospecting and kind of solutioning for them. Uh, and it was a massive deal, it was a seven and a half-figure deal, which is, is obviously huge. And I'd never done a deal of that size, I'd never reached that level of contribution at any company with certainly one transaction. Yet the most satisfying part about it for me was that the entire organization, especially you know, not executive leadership because Mike Surbinas, who's fantastic, was always on board with trying to strive for goals and do as much as possible. But CEO sort of removed from the day-to-day of, of what a revenue team is doing. But the more direct leadership had really wanted me to abandon that deal. And it was brought up at senior leadership team meetings. And, you know, every time we were convened, it was brought up around how, you know, we were spinning our cycles or potentially wasting time. With that client. And it taught me a lesson about, I guess, instinct. I knew it was going to happen. I was having very frank conversations with the prospect and it was just a matter of time. And ultimately the relationship I developed with her, I think gave her the trust in me and us to actually execute on what we had promised and deliver. And ultimately, and I guess this will be kind of the part B of the success story is we did execute and it was fantastic. And it really leveled us up to a place in the market where we were going after 5, 10, 15,000 employee groups on a regular basis. And we had them as a reference client, which I think we leveraged probably 50 times over the course of two years, just asking other clients to speak with her, et cetera. So it felt great to give that level of contribution on that scale, especially when so much, and anyone familiar with League will know this, so much was on the line which I think was a great moment for me professional.
1: There's a lot there, Dave, that I want to talk about. And one of the things is I'm sitting here as an employer, as a growing firm. It makes me really happy to hear you talking about a former employer and it being one of the highlights so far in your career, because I would hope that as we bring people on and you hope people will stay with you for a long time. But if they need to move on, you want to support them. And it's nice to hear, and I'd love one day to hear that someone on a podcast who was at ARIA and had some great experiences at ARIA would speak as highly as you have about your former employer. So that's that's really impressive to me. The second is you have just made myself and Al's life a little more difficult because as soon as our partner Joe here is what you said about not giving up on a client and a year and a half and putting the time in, because you cannot imagine <laughs> the amount of times that we're looking through opportunities. And we, Al and I both turn to Joe and say, Joe, the person hasn't done anything in over a year. You got to stop. Oh, no, no, no. And, and, and every once in a while, he does prove us wrong. So as soon as he listens to this and he does listen to every episode, he's going to be, see, Dave was right. I knew you should be talking to people like this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Joe. Keep it up. There we go. <laughs> in there. You
1: go,
2: Joe. <laughs> Dave, we want to jump back and uh, talk a little bit about MedNow in a minute. But I do have one more yep. question about a little bit more on the personal side to learn a little bit more about Dave. You just talked about some satisfying moments or a satisfying moment in business, talk about some obstacles maybe that you've personally faced and uh, what did you do to overcome them?
0: Yeah. And I, I think this one's a little bit more e- easy for me to answer because there was a pretty acute moment in my career where I almost got sidetracked. And it was an incident actually that turned out to be something that became a career obstacle by virtue of the fact that for a period of time, I actually wasn't that healthy and wasn't able to be at the top of my game for at least a few months. So in 2019, I was headed to a charity ball hockey tournament at Woodbine. Everyone's probably familiar. I can't remember the name of the tournament, but but it's a pretty common tournament that a lot of folks and businesses are involved in. So my previous employer had registered a team. I think our first game was about eight o'clock in the morning. So I'd gone to the game and On the 401, which for anyone not from Toronto, that's a highway just outside the city, there was an accident that I had noticed, and this was about 7 a.m., but an accident I had noticed where no one was tending to the individual who had gotten into an accident. So it was a young girl. She had her car almost destroyed. She was actually outside of the car, and there was, was a pretty mucky scene. She was clearly injured, and I actually got out of my car, pulled over the shoulder to assist her, and a drunk driver actually hit me. And not hit my car, like hit my body on the 401 highway. It was a very scary moment. I almost died. Luckily, just the angle the car hit me, all of the different factors at play, details of the scene essentially saved my life in the sense that I'm here today and I walked away with some broken bones a really bad concussion, some stitches and other minor injuries. But that was a huge challenge, right? Because if you get injured while working, if you, I guess from my standpoint, you always want to show up, especially when you're on the top of your game. So I didn't want to take a break. I didn't want to, you know, step down and from a technical standpoint, kind of step away and, you know, potentially go on disability, et cetera. So I really had to fight with myself around how I would treat my career and my day-to-day and my role and some of the things I was working on at the time. And there was a lot of push and pull, not not just internally, but externally as well as I'm sure you can imagine, different family members want you to do certain things. Others want you to do other things. And then that's not even including some of the folks in your team and who you work with. So that was a really big challenge for me from a few different standpoints. Ultimately, it worked out and I am where I am today. But there was a, a period of time there where I was definitely fighting through all the different challenges that for health and benefits folks we live and breathe on completely different side of the spectrum from a provider standpoint. So it gave me really good context about some of the things that I speak about on a regular basis as uh, someone who's involved with organizations who are providing these benefits to their employees. And frankly, what can happen, right? Like we talk about these events or sicknesses or other things that employees go through, and you don't quite understand it until you live it. And, you know, to all the employers listening who provide benefits to their employees, they're key, right? Like it's so important to support people when they go through these moments. And, you know, potentially one of the reasons I'm, I'm so happy to talk about my former employer in such a good way is because they did support me. And this was part of their mantra as an organization. So it probably drove some really strong goodwill for them. But certainly for me personally, some of the things that I was provided definitely supported me getting better. And I wouldn't be where I am today without certainly other support, but their support as well. And yeah, it was definitely a huge challenge for me.
2: I'm glad I asked the question because you can really hear the passion in your voice. And obviously you believe in in what you're selling because you've seen how it works firsthand.
1: I'm glad you shared that story too, because I I think it's really important. And listen, I don't care who you are as as an entrepreneur, as, as a business leader, there are days where you're just, you're struggling and you start feeling sorry for yourself, right? And I think it's important to hear those stories because knock on wood, Dave. I've never been hit by a car. I hope I never am. You I hope know, you don't
0: get hit by a car either. <laughs> yes, or a bus. <laughs> hey, let's
1: just say any kind of vehicle, including a bicycle if I'm in Amsterdam. Those go pretty fast. But you know, it's just one of those things on those days when you're feeling sorry for yourself. You hear a story like that and it's like, Oh my God, oh, oh, the car didn't start today. Okay, oh, woe was me. Move on, right? like get up and get going. So I think that's important and I think I think the audience will appreciate hearing that story. So I do appreciate that's a personal story so I do appreciate you sharing that with us. So let's get back to MedNow because I am a fan obviously and uh, we've been chatting a lot lately. But maybe let's talk about digital pharmacy. You know, we're in 2022 now. Talk to us about how is MedNow serving customer needs. I think that's a good starting point.
0: Yeah, it's a a great question. I'm glad you brought up digital pharmacy versus solely speaking about men now, because as you know, Robin, I'm very bullish on this category broadly. So it was actually during the the pandemic where I was at a a local large pharmacy retailer, I'll, I'll leave kind of names out of it. And there was an individual having a pretty open, public, loud conversation with their pharmacist about a very serious health condition. I remember standing in line which is another attribute of brick and mortar pharmacy, right? You're standing in line, you know, waiting for the pharmacist to see you just thinking this, you know, this poor individual, uh, not only does he have this condition and have these challenges and clearly based on the context of the conversation was struggling with it, but also he has to do it in this retail store. Like, what are we doing here? How is this a thing? And that was the moment, and this was even pre- me discovering MedNow, I decided, okay, like there has to be a better way. And I actually started to use a competing platform to MedNow to start getting my medication. And I realized, okay, this makes a ton of sense from those, let's call them from a consumer standpoint, just convenience, the ability to get things done more quickly, a good customer experience. Obviously, given the pandemic and where my personal belief work has gone, which is at the very least hybrid, not necessarily fully remote, but certainly there's much more flexibility that the average individual has in where and how they work. It was a no-brainer. At the same time, if you start to look at some of the challenges that the Canadian population has, CEOs think that, and this is a stat from TELUS Health, actually, or potentially 2021 Sanofi Health Survey, CEOs think that 3 out of 10 folks have a chronic condition in their organization, when the reality is 6 out of 10. Folks within their organization, working age Canadians have a chronic disease. Now, there's a a laundry list of what chronic conditions those could be, but let's pick the kind of top condition. Let's pick diabetes, right? I find it hard to believe that someone who is in such need of pharmacy care can get the same level of care from someone who isn't digitally connected to them in 2022 as they could in a virtual pharmacy environment. So Technology has come so far in the last 20 or so years that when folks try to compare what virtual pharmacy is today to mail order pharmacy pre-internet, it's just not even comparable, right? Forgetting about COVID and anything else, it just isn't even close. So for me, what we're able to do for our patients is really improve not just these consumer type experiences around getting things delivered same day based on when you fill your prescription or having a private conversation with a pharmacist that you can speak with it at any time, but also having things like automated refills, content about your condition, the ability for our pharmacy to manage, as an example, some of the devices associated with measuring your glucose levels if you're a diabetic and actually reach out to you when your levels don't correspond with what your endocrinologist has suggested they should. So you start to, to put all of these things into context in terms of patient value, and it's, it's absolutely massive, right? So we've talked a lot, and at LEAGUE, I used to, to talk a ton about preventative care, which it's, it's hugely important. There's, there's absolutely no question. But then the reality that 6 out of 10 Canadians have a chronic condition tells me that, okay, how can we better manage the people who are already sick? And how can we make sure that they don't develop a, a comorbidity condition, which by the way, the typical individual has multiple conditions that that kind of arise over time or compound on one another? So, how do we just keep people healthy based on what they already have and, and ensure they don't go even further down the spectrum to you know decrease their capabilities in life and also hurt them from a financial standpoint, their ability to work and keep them healthy? So, really, this is the lens that MedNow looks through to service our patients. And one of the most important things for us that I, I do think does differ from some of the other virtual pharmacies is we are really about total care for an individual. So we're not out there trying to optimize how much time our pharmacy spends with any one patient. Like We truly want to prove that our model makes people healthier, makes them more adherent to the medication that they're supposed to take. And ultimately improves the performance of their employer's plan so they can invest in other things like better tooling or better benefits broadly or more of that total rewards type offering that obviously is so important today for employers everywhere. So does that answer your question, Rob? Yeah,
1: it, it does. And I'm looking and I'm thinking about my own experience. Like I was diagnosed with with asthma when I was two years old. And then up until the first half of my life, and people will figure out the math here, but I would say up until I was about 25, I suffered with pretty bad asthma. And And I'm thinking back over the years, and I likely had far more conversations with a pharmacist than I did with a physician. So that relationship is really important. And I was kind of laughing to myself because I'm sure people have heard my conversations with a pharmacist and I've overheard several. And in terms of accessing a pharmacist at any time, not just during store hours and having that confidentiality, I think is incredibly important. And I really like what you're talking about in terms of making, well, at this point, Canadians healthier. I'm sure this is going on in the in the U.S. as well. But I look at someone like, like my brother who recently passed away and there was all kinds of issues going on there. And he was in a situation where he couldn't get out of the house. He, he wouldn't regularly see a doctor. He wouldn't get to a pharmacy to see a pharmacist. And I'm just thinking something like this and the technology like this might have helped them. I mean, the outcome might have been the same, but I have to think for people who have maybe challenges in getting out, this is something that's, that's going to be a game changer. So I'm really excited to see where you guys go with this next.
0: Yeah, thanks so much. And I've said this to you privately. I'm so sorry about your brother. It's terrible. And this is the you know situation as we all get older as Canadians and even the younger population that, that we're all dealing with, with family members ourselves. It's definitely a big challenge. And I think having that connectivity to your care team, using the devices that we all know we spend hours on a day, it's it's pretty clear, we believe can make a huge impact, again, not just from a convenience and experience standpoint, but ultimately how you take care of yourself and experience better healthcare outcomes. So, So I think it's a good reminder to talk about because no system is perfect. And obviously, we're all blessed to live in a single payer healthcare system. That being said, there are more efficient ways and better ways for certain folks of getting the care that they need.
2: I was surprised, Dave, when you talked about just about six of 10 Canadians in the workplace have chronic conditions. So when you went on to explain, obviously, how your platform helps individuals and digital pharmacy versus public conversation, I think that'll make sense. I think a lot of people could definitely relate to that. But I know that MedNow also works on a B2B platform. Can you talk a little bit about that,
0: how that works? And why should they care? Of course. It's a great segue. So today, as we all know, uh, and based on my last comment around Canada, having single payer healthcare, obviously the largest component by far of an employer's benefits spend is on drugs, right? It's something that we've all learned to live with in terms of the year over year increases and the plan marketings that happen every five years or so around how do I lower this drug cost essentially, or how do I design the plan in effect to lower total costs with a A lens specifically on drugs based on its proportions to the overall plan. And what we do is we bolt on to the plan as a preferred pharmacy. There's no cost to employers. We are obviously incentivized uh, in the same way that a traditional pharmacy is, but we make it much more attractive for that employer who trusts us with their group or their folks who they want to take care of through a benefits plan. We leverage that volume to ultimately make pricing much more attractive for them because they are similar to group benefits in general coming to bear with a large group. And then we bolt on a different set of services for our MedNow for Business clients, such as uh, specific programming related to diabetes, mental health, medication, adherence, and pharmacy and drug plan navigation to ultimately make them better consumers, keep them healthier, happier, and provide a consistent pharmacy experience for for the plan sponsor. So something that's interesting about pharmacy is that, of course, an employer pays the claims, but they have no idea if that individual is getting the type of care at a pharmacy level, because there's no real control levers or ability to manage that. Today, you, you really hope that those individuals are making as good of choices as possible and are having the best access to care that we all, you know, know and love in our own personal lives but the reality is depending on where they live, what their knowledge of the system is or or just luck uh, around landing in a good pharmacy that might not be true. So we provide that level of uh, certainty to an employer and as it relates to the plan specifically, there are pretty interesting ways that we can provide additional value and kind of build ourselves into what they want their pharmacy SOPs to look like. A really good example is for mental health drugs, which TELUS Health called out, this is the fastest growing category of drugs in, in Canada by far. There are tests out there that can tell an individual what type of drug they should take based on their genetics. So we have a pharmacogenetic partner that we work with quite closely, and they are fully integrated into our mental health program. So if an individual comes to us with a net new prescription for an antidepressant, let's say, we actually have the ability to socialize a pharmacogenetic test, work with their doctor in the background and and find the right medication for that individual. Where the rubber hits the road for an employer is typically it takes a year and a half to onboard onto the right antidepressant therapy. It's a game of guess and check, but it doesn't have to be. So that employer can leverage us and those employees can leverage our mental health program to actually shorten that time to value, if you will, around the medication category that their doctor wants them to take part in. So those are a few of the ways. We obviously save plan members a ton of money, and that's typically what's most exciting as a first component or driver of why talk to us. But secondarily, there's a level of care that you can provide and the level of consistency around the type of care your employees get that you can get for free, right? And we all know the the amount of monies that folks have spent on things like virtual care, wellness platforms, et cetera. The nice thing about virtual pharmacy is we can be an amazing experience and total reward for your employees, and we're absolutely free.
2: Robin, that should be all music to your ears.
0: You know what? I, I was sitting here,
1: and in the last couple of years, for, for the first part of my career, and I would say at least the first 20 years of my career, nothing changed in the benefit space. Absolutely nothing. The plans looked the same. There were no new features. I mean, the most recent would have been the development of critical illness coming to group plans, and that was very exciting. But in the last couple of years, if you're in this space and you're passionate about it, and I am, I've told the listeners many times, I'm a second generation advisor and I have a passion for this business. But to me, this is the most exciting space that I've ever been on. We were chatting with the chief people officer this morning and she was just sharing some of the things that she's doing. And I think for founders and business leaders and, and people in HR, there's never been such an exciting time to be in this space. And exactly the things you're talking about, Dave, There's a level of care and benefits that we can deliver that's never been possible. So I think it's really, really exciting, all the things that you're talking about. And again, I look forward, I'm grabbing my popcorn because I'm waiting to hear what you guys do next.
0: Yeah, couldn't agree more. And I think it's crucially important for even some of your listeners to hear this because they're all employers or advisors and they're helping curate these plans for employees. And you look at the Canadian medical system right now, obviously, it's where we're overrun with covid these are such important resources for folks, you know, as they're at home or potentially can't get into their physician given some of the constraints. It's it's really important at this time, especially. So, yeah, I, I completely agree, Robin.
1: Well, Dave. This has been another awesome conversation. You and I, every time we chat, and we always run out of time because there's so much to talk about and I always enjoy it. But I wanted to say thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for sharing the story of MedNow, but also sharing your story. I think that's very impactful. And I think a lot of people will get a lot out of this episode. So what's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at MedNow?
0: Yeah, for sure. So, folks can reach out to me directly at dave at mednow.ca or our group shared uh, inbox at benefits at mednow.ca. And someone from my team or myself uh, individually will get back to them ASAP. And we'd love to work with any of your employers, partners, and get MedNow in place to help supporting your folks.
1: Okay, awesome. Well, that does it for today's episode. As always, I really enjoyed this conversation. Hope you did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. Success leaves clues, my friends, and remember, it all starts with one.